Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40. If you're searching for inspiring and easy to apply Enneagram and human design content, then you've come to the right place. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two friends and coaches who are passionate about sharing our knowledge and insights on these two powerful self-awareness systems to help you step outside the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're so grateful to have you here. Let's jump into today's episode. Happy New Year, Dominique. Happy New Year, Carrie. Welcome to 2024. We are so excited to have one of our episodes release on New Year's Day. Mm. And I don't know about you, Dominique, but for some reason, I just feel a little more excited than I usually do about this new year. Well, I will agree. I feel the same way, but I definitely know why I'm excited for this new year. We have some fun stuff that is going to be going down. But yeah, I'm feeling that energy as well. I think for myself, probably more so because I appreciate the year that was 2023 for many reasons, but I'm happy that it's over at the same time. Yeah, 2023 was a good year for me personally. I have no complaints. It was a difficult year globally, I think. It's been a difficult year for a lot of us financially because of inflation and things like that. And I'm a person who in my life, I tend to not love a new year. I tend to not love New Year's Eve or New Year's Day and celebrating that change. But I think I've come to a more evolved place in my mindset about this. And I see time not quite as structured as I used to. So it's not really anything new. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. in our minds, it can be a nice fresh start. It can feel like a blank page almost. And for people like us who really love planning things in a paper planner, we literally have a blank page when we start our new planner. And that's a really great feeling to me, metaphorically and literally. Yeah, I will agree with you on that for sure. And I think for myself, as someone who's very much a trial and error person, I don't like that whole thought of trial and error. To me, there's no mistakes. It's just you try and you learn. And then that's the lesson that you get from it. But at times when that process just isn't going the way I would like it to, having the sense of a fresh start or reset, like hitting a reset button, that feels so good to me. And that's how I've started to look at the new year. I never really was caring really so much about the new year. It was just fun to stay up late when I was younger and watch the ball drop. But I never really did goal setting. I didn't do that more so because I am very inconsistent. And I've come to appreciate that about myself, especially the more I've learned about my human design. I used to really blame and judge myself if I couldn't stick with goals because to me, that's what the new year was about since I saw so many of my friends and people around me stressing about goal setting and talking about what they were going to work on for the new year. So I never really set goals the past few years I have, but they've been more intentions, which feels very different to me than goals. So an intention to me has a lot of flexibility and flow. And that takes a lot of stress off of me in certain ways. How about you? Do you set goals or set intentions? What's your take on that? 
I was never a goal setter until quite recently, and it was motivated by the planner community because goal setting is huge in that community, especially in the new year. But I never liked setting New Year's resolutions. Like you said, it felt really constricting to me. But this idea of intentions or possibilities where they're really malleable and they can flow with your season of life or if something major or even minor changes in your life, you know you have that flexibility to adapt your intentions or goals to that new era of your life. I did set some goals last year, or for me, it just sort of felt like a year-long to-do list, like things I just wanted to get done. It was nothing with a lot of steps in it because I had just finished creating my business the year before, and that had so many steps that I sort of needed to step back from like a goal with benchmarks and things like that. But I got a lot accomplished this year. I was just looking over it, and I was really happy with everything I did achieve that I wanted to. That's awesome. And I like how you just shared with seasons, things are changing, there's going to be ebbs and flows, and how you noticed that this season didn't really require those benchmarks, but it was just more of like, broad focus, maybe it sounds like and just making little baby steps towards the vision that you were holding. And that's something that I really enjoy when I start a new year is kind of getting my vision set on what I want the next year to look like, not being too detailed because I like to leave room for spontaneity, for miracles to happen, the unexpected to take place. I don't want to have it too structured and planned out. But what I do really enjoy is quarterly goal setting, but again, more so on vision and intention. I actually take my coaching clients through this same process that I've been doing for the past few years. And it's just 90 day goal setting or quarterly goals. And if you listeners are feeling a little curious about how I might do this process, I actually am going to include a freebie that you could find down in the show notes. There's a link where if you share your email address, you will have access to this document on Google that I've created. Like I was saying, for my coaching clients, I use it myself, but I think it would be great to share that with all of our listeners too. And with this 90-day process, it just gives a really great breakdown, taking the big visions that we might have and breaking them down into smaller chunks and those bite-sized pieces and those baby steps that get us to that overarching goal. For me, as someone who has been diagnosed with ADHD, I can get very overwhelmed with just big picture, I need to have things broken down in digestible steps. And that's what I really love about this whole 90 day or quarterly goal setting system that I've come up with. I would also add, in addition to you having the ADHD diagnosis as an Enneagram type nine, type nines can get easily overwhelmed by Mm. feeling like too much is being asked of them or that their peace of mind or peace of body is being impeded upon, even if it's something they've wanted themselves to do and it's not an outside force. So one of the keys for Enneagram type nines is to break things down into these baby steps where you don't feel as overwhelmed and you only have to look at the next step. You don't have to look at the final step. That feels so good to me to hear that. 
And I'm sure you listeners who know that you're type nine, that may be, be warming your heart right now as well. Because yeah, yes to all of that. I mean, even the pressure that I put on myself, not just outside of me, can be unreal. And it's something that I've learned to become aware of and work with over the years. And you mentioning type nines, that brings up something I'd like to point out in the body graph. So pull out your human design chart right now, listeners, because I want you to take a look and see if you have gate five or gate 15 highlighted in your chart. And they would be, depending on the software, it would be colored in. Sometimes it's black or a red, but it's going to be colored in. And gate five is known as the gate of waiting. This gate is the energy of consistency, of routines, of habits. So people who have this gate defined will often thrive off of some sort of system, whether it's you're setting habits up to bring you closer towards your goals, which I think is important anyways, no matter what. But for you as an individual, maybe even more important because you thrive and that is what really fills you with the energy needed to accomplish things in your life. So habits, routines, consistency can be really, really helpful for gate five. However, gate 15 on the opposite end, this is the gate of extremes. So you are meant to have extreme changes in rhythm, kind of like nature, the ebbs and flows. So routine and real hard habits set in place may not work very well for you because you are not meant to be so structured. And Carrie, you have the gate 15 highlighted in your chart. I know we've talked about this before. You've struggled with habit tracking in the past and how it really brought a lot of judgment upon yourself. And I believe one of the recent episodes you're talking about how that's something you worked on was to be more okay with it and you felt some relief with it. And that's something I, I really want people to understand is we are not all meant to be consistent. I don't have either one highlighted in my chart. And that doesn't mean I don't have it. And just because it's not highlighted doesn't mean you don't have it. However, it's not as big of a theme in my life as it is for you, Carrie, having 15 highlighted. You're meant to go with the flow, have compassion for the changes, the cycles, the seasons. So that's something that I think is really important for us to keep in mind. That is so interesting to hear because the fact that my human design chart says this about me, which from our perspective, this is discussing more about my true essence as opposed to my Enneagram type, which is more of my structured personality that's gone through conditioning. Because type ones are super rigid, they're terrible at going with the flow, and that is how I've been most of my life, sort of pushing against life. Like I mentioned earlier, I never really enjoyed the changing of the new year yeah. because I really had this negative view of it. Like I didn't want the new year to come because it meant one year of my life was over. Mm. And also I had these high expectations of what I wanted to happen within the world, within myself, which very rarely got met because I was so idealistic. And this is one area where I've grown so much in my life because I've let a lot of this go. And I have learned that going with the flow and sort of allowing life to show you what's possible rather than trying to control it all 
has worked so much better for me. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's a lovely share. And I'm sure a lot of people can feel that and resonate with that. It's one of those things where I like to remind myself that nature has chaos and repair. And so there's going to be ups and downs, no matter what we love to believe we can control so much of what happens in our lives. Oh, the silly mind, how it plays its tricks on us. But a lot of it is based in having compassion that that's just not how life is. And having compassion for yourself, realizing that, you know what, I'm going to have good days and bad days. And if nature has that, then I'm allowed to have that. So it's a beautiful aha kind of moment to come to when we see some of these things like what we're talking about between the gate five and 15 within our charts and bringing greater awareness to why we felt something or a certain way for so long, but we just wanted to fight against it because of societal conditioning or whatever it might have been that brought this belief upon us. Right, exactly. And just knowing about the Enneagram has helped me so much because the growth path for my type, type one, is taking on some of those healthier traits of type seven, which type seven, they're people who are all about cultivating joy and happiness and excitement in life and sort of letting that spontaneity happen more freely to them because of all the potential and possibility it holds. And so that is something I've really started trying to lean into. And hearing about gate 15 gives me even more sort of permission mm. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's that permission slip, you know, if you will, like we don't need permission to do what feels right for us. However, when we've been living with this conditioning for so long, having that so-called permission slip feels so freaking good. I get that for sure. Hey there, friend. Have you signed up for the Awakened and Alive newsletter yet? If not, we want to invite you to get on the list so you don't miss out on the exciting new offerings we have planned for 2024. By receiving the weekly newsletter, you'll be the first to hear when new episodes drop, along with updates on a very special project we've been working on for our amazing community. Now, I'm curious, Carrie, we chatted a little bit before we started recording about intention setting and word of the year. And of course, this is all over the planner community. And I've even heard friends talking about it at work. Have you done word of the year recently or have you ever done it or? I did it one year for sure. I can remember. And I believe it was 2020, which what a year that was. I, of course, chose the word around January probably. And then, you know, Chaos. the world just <laughs> sort of fell apart in March. And my word that year was intentionality mm. because I really wanted to be really intentional specifically with my time, which once we went into lockdown during the pandemic, we all felt we had all this time. And I have to say, I think I've mentioned in past episodes that I really thrived during lockdown. I think I was one of the few people. And Dominique, we didn't know each other yet, but that's when I was really binging your videos on YouTube. Okay. And when you made a video, I think I watched it at least three times about block scheduling. Oh, yeah. I know. Tony. That's sort of what yeah. I did during the pandemic, which I know you did too, because yeah. you made a video about it, about how to have these blocks of time set to do certain things. But anyway, my word of the year in intentionality really helped drive that because I had all of this time suddenly 
And I wanted to be intentional with how I was using it. So I was really intentional with having a really good workout routine. I was working out at least six days a week during the pandemic because I really wanted my immune system to be really strong. So health became a major concern. I've always been healthy, but even more so. We were the opposite. We weren't eating bad food and drinking a ton. So many people yeah, we know yeah. were just making the best of it through indulging. Like it was a party every day. Sort of went the opposite way. Yeah. I was intentional with working out. I was intentional with studying Spanish. I was intentional with really taking in information that I felt was helping me have a positive growth mindset rather than all of the negativity you could have consumed during that yeah. time. Yeah. How about you? Wow. How was your word of the year experience? The funny thing is, is I would always come up with a word, but not do a thing with it until 2023. My word was vulnerability. And let me just say that year was a year full of vulnerability. It kicked off first with me doing an interview in Medium Magazine. The interview was titled How Authenticity and Vulnerability Help You Pay Off Personally and Professionally. And I shared my story in that article. And so to me, I was like, oh my gosh, it is out there in the world. Even though I did a, a video on YouTube before, this was big because Medium is a pretty big company. So it was an amazing experience, but that vulnerability continued on through the year. I made some massive change in my life. And I had lived so much of my life in this place of fear that I blocked many opportunities out of my life because I didn't feel worthy or I wasn't sure what the outcome would be. I blocked many people from my life or not allowing them to get closer to me so we could really establish good friendship or connection. I lived so much of my life in a place of fear. 2023, I was like, you know what? I'm stepping outside the box. I'm going to do things differently because doing it that way didn't work out very well for me because I denied my truth. And I denied myself from experiencing so much joy that I took the leap of faith. And I was like, I am going to follow what is lighting me up, follow what my intuition is trying to lead me towards. That was a whole nother thing. I needed to learn about my intuition. That's a huge part of what human design brought into my life. And so 2023 was a big, big year. And the reason why I think it stuck, that word, is because I identified what vulnerability meant to me. Years before, and maybe you can relate to this, Carrie, too, it's like you just want to jump on the bandwagon where it's like, oh, word of the year, that sounds like so much fun. And you pick a word, but then you don't really have a strong why behind it. What does it mean to you? We talk about this all the time on the podcast, defining what a term means to you. And so now I go into that with that in mind, like for this coming up year, literally like just not long ago, it popped into my mind, faith. That is going to be my word for 2024. It's faith in myself. It's faith in my gifts. It's faith in my intuition. It is just trust, trust, faith that things are going to fall in place, that I do not have to control everything, that I just need to be clear on my vision for what I want in my life this year. And then God, source, universe, quantum field, whatever you want to call it, will bring that into your life. If you have that clarity. And for me, that clarity is going to lead me towards having greater faith through this new year. 
Wow, that is awesome. I have not thought about a word for 2024. Now you're inspiring me to want to take some time to do that. Yeah. And that's another thing too, is you don't have to have a word. It can be just a feeling. How do you want to feel for this next year? And if we talk about feelings and you and I being projectors, the emotional theme for projectors is success. So I ask myself all the time, what does success mean to me? What does it feel like? And when I think about it, it feels like peace. It feels like spaciousness freedom. And a lot of that I'm thinking is within my everyday life, within my schedule, within what I am able to do. And so for me, success is based off of those words, but it's the feeling that they cultivate too, that feeling of just like peace, which I know is number nine (laughs) as well. Yes. And everything you said super resonated with me also when I hear the word success, but if I'm completely honest, if someone says to me, what does success look like to you? I think I still have a ton of conditioning around this word because the first thing that pops in my head is money. Yeah, Being financially stable means you're successful. And I would say that nearly every aspect of my life at the moment is super successful, except I don't feel like I have complete financial stability like I used to when I had a standard eight to five job where I got my paycheck and I had my benefits. I don't have that consistency. And so it feels really ungrounded for me at the moment when I think about my financial situation. And so I internalize that sometimes as that I'm not successful, Mm. which I have to remind myself, everything else Mm. in my life, every other aspect is just brimming with success. Yeah, which is a beautiful thing. But I can absolutely understand that worry or stress in the back of your mind about the financial success, because let's be real. Yes, we are wanting to be a part of this massive shift that is happening within our world and society. However, we still need to live in this world. And a lot of it is prioritizing financial stability, the money that you bring in. It's a true worry for most of us. But I love that you feel so much success in so many other areas of your life. Because when I think about it, I know plenty of people who have the financial stability, but lack so much of that sense of satisfaction, success, happiness, and very important areas in their life. So it's like, really, if you're not happy, you're not happy. You can have all the money and be miserable. Yes, it makes life easier in many areas, but how much of that is genuine, uplifting happiness and and joy and love in your life? So true. So I love how we've shared a little bit about 2023 and what we've done to prep for 2024. I want to just give a quick breakdown of what I have done specifically to set myself up for what I would like to think of as a successful 2024 and also provide some insights on how you listeners can maybe start to kind of shift the way you create your goals or think of how you envision your new year. And there's plenty of time to still switch things up. You can switch things up any time of year. It does not have to be the new year. So I love that it's something that you can revisit whenever because you know what? It is your life. You get to do your thing. There's nothing special about today, January 1st. It's just a day that feels convenient Mm -hmm. to think about these things. But like Dominique said, if you are listening to this and anything's resonating and you feel like you missed the boat or it's too late, absolutely not. 
you can think of your word of the year. You can make intentions for the year. You can do goal setting, whatever feels good. And even if it doesn't start till March, you're fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so the process that I simply like to follow, which I've already kind of talked through, is I like to sit down and just envision five, 10 minutes envision, what do I want to feel this coming year? What do I want to set intentions towards accomplishing? And just starting to map it out visually within my mind. And then I go to my 90-day goal document where I then will look even deeper into specific areas of my life and then set goals according to the areas that I feel need more nurturing and attention. And I will shift that whenever I feel I need to. And then I am going with the word of the year again for faith, but I feel like the important part is identifying what does your word mean to you, not anybody else, to you, and why that word. So getting clear on the why behind it. So you just have a better understanding of what is really important to you. What are you valuing in this current season of your life? And lastly, reminding myself that I can shift and change these things whenever I want to, because they're my goals and I get to do what I want with them. How about you, Carrie? I'm really excited to change it up a little bit this year, doing something you mentioned, Dominique, that you helped inspire, as well as the paper planner I'll be using. It has a little goal setting section in it, and it is broken down into quarters, which I've never done anything on a quarterly basis. I've always been a very monthly focused person, but the idea of quarters, having that extra time, those 90-ish days makes so much sense to me. There's so much less pressure than getting it done mm -hmm. in 30 days, give or take. I'm really excited to map some things out that I hope to at least have the possibility of accomplishing this year. But based on that 90-day, that quarterly schedule, I think is going to maybe release some of the pressure that I was feeling when I was doing more monthly-based goal setting. I also like the idea of having different areas of life that you focus on. I think so many times we can get overly focused when we're thinking of goals on work or money. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to have goals related to your own wellness, to your own well-being, to your own sense of joy and fun. So one of my goals this year goals in quotes. One of the things I hoped to do was to go roller skating again, which I did get to do. And it was so fun. I've talked about it on the podcast before, how much I loved roller skating as a child. And I still love it as an adult. And I rarely get to do it because as adults, we don't make time for that sort of thing. So I wrote it down to do it this year and I did it. And that's the kind of thing I want to try to focus even more on is not just those practical, pragmatic type goals, mm -hmm. but also those sort of more ethereal goals, yeah. those things that are just like, because we're here yeah. living this life and we want to do some things that we just love doing. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh. I love that whole vibe right there, the ethereal kind of goals where it's just like, why not? It's like, sounds fun. Sounds like something I'd like to try. Why not? There's no outcome that we're shooting for. And we've talked about this in our play episode. It's just about you're not seeking an outcome or getting anything out of it, but joy. Yeah. And that is joy in beautiful. that moment. Yes. Yeah. That can carry beyond the moment, but just being about that moment. 
It's not going to bring me any achievement in the sense that we tend to think of achievement or accomplishment or anything like that. It's just pure joy in the moment. Yep. I love it. And so I hope that our discussion in today's episode has maybe inspired you listeners to switch up your goals a little bit more if they weren't feeling aligned or intentional the way you really wanted them to. Maybe you were inspired by something we said. Maybe they are perfect just as they are, which is a beautiful thing. But overall, we just would love to provide this inspiration from our insights, from what we've learned throughout our journeys towards becoming coaches and also just better human beings ourselves. And we wish all of you the most beautiful, joy-filled, love-filled 2024. And it's going to be an exciting new year. And we hope to have you along for the ride. Thank you for listening to this episode. Your support is so appreciated. If you'd like to have a question answered about your human design or Enneagram type in a future episode, you can submit it through the link in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. 